Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. Welcome to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Today, again, with Marcus Aurelius' Meditations. I love this quote. I think it speaks to one of the virtues of Stoicism that we sometimes don't associate with it. I think for me, I read a great book called The Inner Citadel by Pierre Hadot, and it was pretty much Pierre Hadot's perspective on the meditations and on Marcus Aurelius. It was a great book, and it really got into this virtue nicely. And here we have on page 132 of the Gregory Hayes translation of meditations, um, a quote that speaks to this, I think, really nicely. So we're keeping in mind, of course, Marcus, the emperor, the parent, the friend, in some, you know, in some regard, I think we could even say the teacher, right? Certainly, of course, the leader. And um, also, obviously, the Stoic philosopher telling himself with number four on page 132, if they've made a mistake, correct them gently and show them where they went wrong. If you can't do that, then the blame lies with you or no one. So it's very interesting. So there's this conception in philosophy um, that starts with Socrates in, in, you know, in the Mediterranean, Greco-Roman area at least, that when we as people make a mistake, it's not because we're trying to do something wrong. It's because we're, we just don't know. We're ignorant, right? So philosophy is here to illuminate. And there's so many really cool references to philosophy throughout history as like this light, right? Sort of, you know, that leads us to truth and knowledge and wisdom and a better life, right? You kind of get the sense of that in Plato's cave, right? You leave the cave, you see the sun, like you ascend, right? You move towards this truth. Um, I can think of, you know, offhand, at least two or three other references um, as philosophy, as this thing that's supposed to enlighten us, right? A light, a ray of light, right? Um, I think, you know, uh, Schopenhauer and comparing all uh, ancient philosophy to modern day and his time philosophy, he was like, philosophy is supposed to be a light in our lives that show us where we've gone wrong and, and kind of lead us into wisdom and knowledge and truth, right? So the idea that we have to correct mistakes with philosophy, I think, is our own mistakes again we examine ourselves and here we have an additional part of that which is that social element right so i also think at times when i'm looking at stoicism it focuses a lot especially you know obviously meditations because he's writing for himself on the sort of interior conversation right which is really important obviously that being said there's a lot of great stuff in meditations and more broadly in stoicism about how we need and how we should act in the world right to act justly to act truthfully and to be helpful um, and of course, you know, the Stoics had various roles in society. Epictetus was a famous teacher at one point. Um, of course, as I've said many times now, Marcus it, uh, was the emperor, right? He's writing this from that perspective. Other people in the Stoic tradition were in politics, in education. So, I mean, there was a kind of a wider array of uh, let's say, professions or vocations in society that went beyond just saying they were professional philosophers in Stoicism, right? So we're keeping that in mind. Also, the Stoics, among other you know, ancient Greek schools, were really obsessed with educating everybody with, with philosophy. It was for everyone, right? So the idea that Marcus is saying, right, we can think about it in a philosophical sense of like somebody's trying to make a point and they're not making sense or someone's acting unjustly and we're trying to offer them some type of correction, right? Um, and we could also look at it again, like as a parent, maybe he's talking about his kid here, right? Like, I'm going to gently try to guide my child. I'm not going to be too tough on them. Um, or I'm not going to definitely, I'm definitely not going to be overly tough just for the sake of it, right? So I think what we get here is a commentary on 
how to be a philosopher or how to be in the world in the most virtuous way possible. And I like this idea of gentleness as a virtue. So in the, in the book, The Inner Citadel, Hado really highlights this point nicely about Marcus, his emphasis he placed on trying to treat others with gentleness. And that in and of itself being something we should strive for. And I, you know, for me, I remember I, I read The Inner Citadel and I used to teach, you know, like maybe five to seven classes a semester, all in person, right? Sometimes it was six days a week. And like anything else in life, you know, but I think teaching obviously is highly social, right? You're going to get a class or you're going to have a day with a class that's just difficult, right? Like no one's really into it or the energy is low or what have you, right? And I would remind myself of this, right? It's like, let me be gentle with these people that I'm lucky to to serve and these people I'm lucky to engage with doing this art, right? Philosophy as the art of living and teaching as an art that I love. Cause it's easy to have like feelings of anger or resentment rise up in you, even with people you love and with, with actions you love. So I think he's reminding himself for that gentleness. Right. And then also the second part of, of like, just don't blame, right. Blame myself. And I think he's saying that cause again, as I think I've mentioned a few episodes ago, right. One of the benefits of, let's say, taking the responsibility, replacing the word blame for a second with that softer word in light of Marcus's suggestion to be gentle, right? Like we can, when we take responsibility or increase the amount of responsibility we take, we have all of a sudden, I think, a different gaze on the issue, a different kind of perspective on it. If I'm responsible, that means I have some power to change things here, right? And that's how I would be as a teacher. I would always question myself first. Maybe I'm off today. Maybe I didn't prepare enough. And then sometimes it came to be that, you know, no, I am prepared. I feel like I'm pretty okay right now. And then we get to the last part, which is, or no one. So I think, of course, at times, and again, we have to maybe take this um, and put it through different perspectives because of the nature of the text, right? We don't know how and when he wrote this, right? Or in what, in, uh, what state of mind he was in or what occurred to him that day that made him think of this or that week or what have you, right? So the idea of or no one, I do think sometimes things are, of course, blameworthy, of course, right? That being said, if we situate our lives where we try to adopt gentleness when we correct and teach others, and we, look, we don't look necessarily to always place blame on others or ourselves, but instead maybe we take more of a sympathetic, and the Stoics were big on this distinction between empathy and sympathy, which I agree with, right? Because I think ultimately... I don't like telling people, oh, I get you. I understand you. No, I don't. We're different people. We have, we've had different lives. We've had different experiences. We have different, you know, ways of seeing the world, ways of thinking, ways of being among other things. Right. So it's not to say that we shouldn't try to empathize, but it's almost arrogant to me or naive, let's say, and dismissive of the other person's suffering to just assume you understand, even if they've explained it to you, right? So I, for me, I, I prefer sympathy. I think sympathy is more powerful because it's more authentic, right? So maybe instead of blaming, we try to be sympathetic. We try to empathize, realizing that we'll never get there. So we, we, the best thing we have realistically and authentically is sympathy. So we ask questions. We engage in healthy and honest dialogue with people and try to understand why they did the thing they did. And then we do the same thing with ourselves. Like we give ourselves that same gentleness. I'm tough as shit on myself when I make mistakes, right? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I get stressed about being late to work. I'm 15 minutes early to work every day because I get stressed about being wrong instead of being a little, just more relaxed, more gentle, right? Again, small example, but it's emblematic of the point. The same gentleness we extend to others, hopefully, or we should work to extend to others 
at times we should work to maybe extend to ourselves and understand that within our own thinking, right? I don't have time to get into this because I, I, you know, actually ironically have to go to work, but we have to learn to be gentle with ourselves at times because some of the things we think or some of the, let's say, um, feelings that kind of rise up in us inexplicably without explanation, um, maybe we don't have to take all the blame for that. Maybe we have to go back. Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this? Is it something that the universe threw at me that I wasn't really responsible for? Right. And within that conversation, we might get some, some positive growth. Right. So to correct it gently, to not look to place blame on ourselves or others immediately, but instead to strive for sympathy. And also I think the important thing here too is and I'm not acknowledging right now is like to acknowledge when things have gone wrong. So we're getting a lot of, in my opinion, I'm getting a lot out of three lines here, right? Because I know people too who like don't even acknowledge when stuff goes wrong. Not the move. Figure out what went wrong. Characterize it, right? <clears throat> I, I'm thinking more again, maybe in the way we deal with others and, and the way we deal with ourselves as well. If someone's wrong, we can work to calmly, as he's saying here, and gently correct them. That's almost like stoicism at a high level, right? Someone said something that you disagree with that you think is you know provably incorrect, right, or unjust or untruthful. Well, can you calmly and gently say, you know, well, I disagree with that. Being able to calmly disagree with someone and express that, I think, is a really good skill to have. That's something I've had to work on, <clears throat> that I think I've gotten better at as I've gotten older. But it's also come through practice; it didn't just happen naturally, right? To disagree with the people we love calmly, the people we like calmly, the people we work with. It's important to do that to stand your ground, like we said a few episodes ago, like the rock. You know, a rock doesn't really make, let's say, doesn't make a fuss. It just kind of is there. It's just immovable. Like that's that to me is kind of like ultimate confidence, right? It doesn't have to prove itself. It's just here I am. This is what it is. That calmness, and we could even say that gentleness, right? Um, and also, of course, willingness. This is big for Marcus and the Stoics too. Willingness to be corrected, right? I think it was Seneca or Cicero, other examples of Stoics, who said, "Look, don't be a Stoic all the time." So even, you know, within the philosophy, there's room for like, you know, don't be dogmatic, be willing to be corrected if we are mistaken as, as a school of philosophy. Don't assume you know everything, right? So I hope this was helpful. The next time someone makes a mistake, try to correct them gently. Catch yourself, stop yourself, pause, right? And think, right? How do you deal with others when they make mistakes? How do you deal with yourself when you make a mistake? How could you maybe be more gentle? And what might be the reason for your lack of gentleness? Also, of course, right? How do you place blame? Do you put too much blame on yourself? Do you blame others too quickly and too intensely? Or do you try to practice sympathy with yourself and others? Hope this is helpful. Yeah, I got to get to work. Uh, thank you for listening. Take care.